welcome everyone to the first episode of Disaster Dads. This is a very entertaining project that has been talked about for a couple of years now, and we're finally getting around to it. Um, so again, thank you to everyone for listening, and I want to thank all the dads for joining us. We're going to go around the table. Uh, the dads are going to introduce themselves, and then we'll kind of talk about what this project is and what you can expect to hear from us over the next half hour or so. So uh, to my left here. Hey, uh, good uh, afternoon. I'm Joe, and... Uh or good day, good morning, good, whatever it is, because you can listen to this Whatever time you want. it is you're listening, sitting in your car, <laughs> sitting in your office, whatever time of day it is, uh, I'm Joe. By, uh, by, by day, I am an emergency planner for the federal government, um, working in all kinds of uh, life safety and exercise activities, but I am also a dad. I have a, a two-year-old son uh, named B, and uh, you know, I'm going to share some, uh, some stories here. Uh, my name's Dan. I am uh, a recovering reporter and uh, former volunteer firefighter, EMT, uh, with about 15 years' experience. Uh, I currently work in public policy in Washington, D.C., and I am also a dad with two kids. Take that, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) This is Rob. Uh, I am a federal employee with uh, 18 years of service. Uh, very happily. Uh, I am so a old. <laughs> former uh, volunteer firefighter and EMT with uh, the rest of these guys, and those stories will be sure to come up soon. Uh, prior to being a firefighter and EMT, I was a volunteer with the American Red Cross, uh, working in their disaster services section uh, with disaster response. Uh, I am also a dad of two, to uh, K1 and K2, uh, and I am very happy to be getting this off the ground. And then I am your host. My name is Eric. I am by day a federal lobbyist on transportation safety issues, and by night for over 10 years I was a volunteer firefighter EMT, and you will find that that is, for our connection for the dads, that's really that's really what draws us together, and I am the proud struggling father of two, uh, one three and one ten weeks old, so it's highly entertaining, and we hope to hear screams in the background. Uh, and then we'll just run away screaming. Um, but so this this podcast, The Disaster Dads, is uh, something that we've been talking about for a while, a way to, A, get together and reminisce and, and you know about our glory days of non-child uh, fatherhood. I guess we wouldn't be fathers if we didn't have children. So <laughs> right. our, pre, our, pre, uh, our pre-child days, um, and, but then also just uh, kind of tying in our interest and our curiosity as it comes to disaster response, emergency preparedness. Um, and in that respects, uh, I am right now finishing up my year-long master's program at Georgetown in emergency and disaster management, which is the impetus for this podcast. And uh, it the goal is to not have it be a one-off. You know, I wrote a very nice paper, if anyone ever wants to read it, happy to send it to you about risk communication and the importance that it is to have a community that's involved. Um, and then this this ties into it, and this podcast is going to be something that we can put out there and hopefully start conversations within communities about uh, what you need to do. So to uh, Professor Glick and Professor Griffin and Professor Johnson, thank you for listening to this. I, I really do want a nice grade, so I look forward to uh, your constructive criticism. And um, uh, anything that went wrong with this, I'm going to blame uh, Dan for it. So uh, please. <laughs> Please keep that in mind. I still can't believe that this was easier to organize than a poker game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And cheaper, um, sort of. Uh, (laughs) For anyone listening that wants to do this, podcasting is kind of expensive to get started if you have none of the stuff. Um, 
So, so that's kind of where this all came about and, and our interest in the issue of disaster management, emergency preparedness. So you've heard that we all kind of have a variety of day jobs. Uh, Joe really is the only one that has the direct day job tie-in, but we all have a great interest in it and stay continually involved in what's going on um, in our community um, and how to, how to help out and how we can assist members of our community with the issues of uh, disaster preparedness. Um, well, I was going to say, I think that's the key for all four of us. Is we all have some background and almost close to at least 10 years or more of volunteer fire EMS experience actually on the street, in people's homes, providing them uh, a level of emergency service. Um, and I think that that really, you know, we get to see how, not just obviously how we live, but how other people live, some of their struggles. We see them at their worst times. Um, and being able to, to share some of those experiences and, you know, relate that to also throwing in some crazy parenting stories at the same time. Um, believe me, we all have our fair share. Uh, I think we'll, we'll make this a, a pretty successful endeavor. Well, and it's also interesting to think about how tightly disasters and parenting are tied together. Uh, you know, learning, <laughs> learning how to realize that it's not your emergency when you show up on a scene is the same thing as it's not your emergency when you show up to your kid's room at three in the morning because they decided to, you know, somehow liquefy their bowels all over the wall. <laughs> and I'm not sure how they do that. It's an amazing skill that um, I I'm very happy when they forget how to do it. But, you know, the tenets of emergency preparedness and emergency management go beyond just, you know, how to survive the apocalypse. Right. Uh, yeah. They go to how to just survive the day. And uh, when you can kind of take that into your life, I think that's an important thing to, to try to keep in mind. So so through our podcast and through the Disaster Dads uh, Twitter feed, Disaster Dads, that's pretty simple, and our website at DisasterDads.com, uh, we hope to be able to share information with you. Synergy. It, we're we're really tying it all together, you know. Um, we we want to be able to share to you this information, have conversations with you, um, and so we'll remind you of what the you know how to get a hold of us and um, the dads at disasterdads.com. Send us a send us a note with anything that we got wrong, anything you want to hear about. Because um, again, if it's wrong, it's Dan's fault. Um, <laughs> and there's one dad that you know we'll mention that isn't here, wasn't able to be here tonight, Frank. Uh, he will be joining us because we'll have a cadre of rotating dads. Um, for the most part, it's going to be about the five of us, but we'll bring other people every now and then, do interviews um, as this goes on. Um, and, and it won't always be dad. There it won't will probably be, be yeah. some guests who are moms or don't have kids or some background in what we're talking about. So it won't With always be luck, dad. we'll have someone that talks about space weather, and I know he doesn't have kids. <laughs> so we'll bring him in. Eric and I are I very excited about space weather. <laughs> <laughs> space weather is where it's at. Um, so again, thanks I like for that. We still are holding out hope that people will want to talk to us. But go ahead. Hey, you know we tease space weather enough. People will talk to us. Uh -huh. You have to have hope that space weather is going to bring people people in. I mean, we're under an alert right now for space weather. Did you not see that? The globe has a warning. I can never remember if warning or watch is worse, but we're under a warning for space weather. But I'm, we'll get into I'm that in episode six. <laughs> I must have missed that tweet from Starfleet Command. I'll check that when I get Yeah, it was, it was also, a good Also, I'm a little disappointed that somebody who's about to complete a master's degree in emergency management does not know the difference <laughs> between a watch and a warning. I genuinely have to look it up every time. That's I work harder, not, or work smarter, not harder. That's what I do, and that's why I decided to do a podcast with y'all because that was that was the smarter thing to do. Yeah. Um, so so when you come and listen to us every week, you'll hear this banter, lovely banter that it is. 
uh, and it'll just get better as we finish our beers throughout the process and have a long, after a long day of trying to get our kids to sleep and rushing to someone's house to tape this, um, you know, that'll be highly entertaining. So we'll, we'll also then get into a couple stories and then we'll kind of focus on a special topic to just talk about how we, you know, look at this topic, maybe what some of the research says about the topic, um, you know, things that you can do, things you can look up, uh, because, you know, if anything, if you get anything out of all of these series of podcasts that are going to be coming out, the best thing that you can do is, you know, think about your own preparedness levels and get involved. Um, just do something and, and be involved in your community and be involved in efforts to uh, take care of yourself and your community. So, so that's the one thing that we really want to get around. So, so that's why we're here. But so let's go into, uh, to a couple pieces of news. We'll start with one that we haven't really talked about too much, but is everywhere. Pokemon Go. Seriously. Uh, uh, raise a voice is who has Pokemon Go on their uh, iPhones right now? Yeah, no, no, I don't want to go anywhere near Pokemon Go. Not even touching it. Not, not, not here. Wife says I do not. <clears throat> See, I, I don't have it either. Uh, I understand there's been a couple different poke stops up at the uh, Capitol. Yeah, I, I uh, definitely yeah. have seen some people walking around near my office who are using the local security kiosks Jesus. and police cruisers as Poke stops. I only know about the term pokey stops thanks to Twitter, <laughs> but but I've seen enough on their phones and them standing in awkward positions to know what the hell they're doing. Well, and see, I see them at Union Station and they're bumping into each other. So, um, you know, as you're in the Metro DC area, you get off the Metro, you have to go through a horde of people to get across Union Station. And uh, mm-hmm. a good half of them or so far are playing Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean... You're not paying attention to what's going on around you. I mean, well, for me, it's a situational awareness thing. Well, and that's just it. And the key, the the entertaining story, if it could be called entertaining, it was funny to watch until you realize the severity of it was the guy playing Pokemon Go driving through the streets of Baltimore and crashed his car into the back of a Baltimore police cruiser. And the officer's uh, body cam caught it, you know, right, caught the entire thing. The guy gets out of the car and says, oh, I shouldn't have been doing that. You know, is everyone okay? And, you know, obviously, don't play Pokemon Go and drive. I think the moral yeah. of that story. It seems I simple. Think, I think the other, the, the two aspects that, the, well, the one aspect that I found amusing was that in the first couple week week or so when it seemed as if Pokemon Go was really kicking off, um, is that people figured out if you create whatever the locations are called, in remote areas, on, it's a great with way it. to get people to uh, come out and then um, uh, help ease their load by removing them of such heavy items like wallets, yeah. phones, car keys. And people were getting robbed because they weren't paying attention about maybe I shouldn't walk into a dark park at 1030 at night uh, by myself, not knowing what I was walking into. Uh, so that was that was my favorite Pokemon Go story that I've seen. Well, and that's, I mean, other than I, I never consider myself to be too old to understand this kind of stuff, but I don't understand it. I, I just don't understand the interest of going out. You know, I took uh, I took the kids to a park, and half the people walking through the park were just playing this game and swiping their fingers to try to catch uh, a Pokemon, not pokes, catch Pokemon in the park. It's like, why are you, why are you doing that? So, A, I don't get it for that reason, but I am concerned about the the situational awareness aspects of it. And let's just further, like people are burying themselves in their phones. Yeah. Whether they're walking down the street, crossing the street, 
you know, playing Pokemon Go, tweeting, whatever. People just have no sense of what's going on around them anymore. And I don't really believe the part where the um, designers are like, it gets people out of their house. You know, you're going to be out walking around. This is great. You know, getting all this exercise. You know, I I find better ways to do it. That's not attached to my phone. So uh, from our perspective, though, in terms of emergency preparedness, you don't know what's going on around you. You need to not walk off the cliff. You need to not do it behind the wheel of a car because that's always pretty smart. Um, you know, well, and, and in a related aspect of that as well is also in terms of where people are setting up these collection points. Um, you know, first there's just the places in bad taste, the Holocaust Museum, Arlington National Cemetery, the Capitol building I would put on that list. Uh, you know, that's just in bad taste. But then when you start talking about uh, hospitals, fire stations, police stations, uh, areas like that where there, there have been hundreds of stories of departments. Some of them have been pretty humorous, but it's a serious issue of uh, having to tell people don't wander into our firehouse. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, trying to catch one of these Pokemon. I could only imagine what some of the guys at our house would have done if this had occurred. Uh, you know, I don't think that the people would have gotten a very warm reception. No. Quote Joe Mar, somebody's getting fired. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm going to shoot an email off about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, while while I appreciate that you're trying to get out there and trying to get involved in and what's going on around you, the whole concept of Pokemon Go is a from a disaster area. Maybe if we can tie it into, hey, you walk here, you get something. Maybe someone will come up with something. But right now. You're not paying attention. That's a big enough issue as it is when no, you just have a, regular quick, text quick messaging. Note, I do not appreciate any aspect of Pokemon Go, so you can appreciate <laughs> that it gets out of the house. I have zero appreciation. Hey, I, I'm not going to rule it out. You know, People have done crazier stuff with technology, so there's a possibility, but it's just a little odd. And so. are the kids not playing Candy Crush anymore? Did I, I miss I something? They moved on from that. That's that's so three years ago. Yeah. No, the, the part of the, the Pokemon Go aspect that yeah. is inviting is the getting outside, um, but to be a bit dated and, and non-technological, there are the, the hobbies of geocaching or letterboxing where you're still outside, but you're not buried in your phone. It's just by having your head down and being buried in the electronics is where you get lost, which is right. the point we've been, we've been making. So there are other ways to do something akin to this, this trend that is completely non-digital, non-electronic. Yeah. So, can I also just say that we've spent an inordinate amount of time on Pokemon <laughs> Go for an emergency preparedness dad podcast. I think the moral of the story is, don't play Pokemon Go and get off my lawn. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty much. Well, that brings us into the next part. Your lawns. <laughs> is being. I gotta mow my lawn. God. Yeah. Well, hey, take care of your lawns because Zika. Zika. I mean, I knew we were gonna go there. Well, you. You rolled us right into it. It was I was going to give options, but since it's out there, and since now the CDC has just for the first time issued a warning, a travel warning in the states to not go to Florida, which, hey, I guess that could be a standard warning that didn't need to be put out there by the CDC. Sorry, Florida. Did that predate Zika? Yeah. You just burned <laughs> none of our listeners. Yeah. Um, you know. The, the message boards are going to be on fire tomorrow. <laughs> the bulletin board systems. Yeah. As they, as as they, dad's BBS. <laughs> the Twitter feed just exploded on us. Our, our Reddit is intense right now. Oh, subreddit? Wow. 
yeah. this is just going crazy off the rails. Uh, but no, so the the fact that Zeke is out there, and this is something that has been known for a while, and it was uh, a virus that was in Africa and in certain parts of of the Caribbean, and but now it's I I picture it to be kind of like those angry bees that were working their way up those killer bees, you know they're they're taking over some of the um, the different populations of mosquitoes, and so you're getting it. Mosquitoes, most people didn't like already, but now you're going to get this fear kind of around it because of what's associated with. Well, I I can't tell you. I mean, I'm not going to say everyone didn't like mosquitoes. Zero 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 one percent of people like mosquitoes. One of our interview goals would be to find the person who likes mosquitoes. That's Um, what I want to know. It could have. There could be people out there that don't mind. I mean, I got to have a nice conversation with a guy a couple weeks ago at Georgetown who his job was mosquito harvesting and like doing genetic splicing with mosquitoes and things. So, I mean, cause that's one of the ways they're looking to do it because it's a, it's the female mosquito that has it. Right. And they're trying to do all this crossbreeding and ways to do it, which seem to be working well, but you can't scale it up fast enough. Um, and with the progress that, that Zeke is making, it's coming up and people were always kind of aware of some of the mosquito prevention. And I think they're now going to start to get better about it, but, everyone's really freaking out when you go outside. Well, it's funny you say that because I just spent, uh, about a month ago, I was in Florida for a week, and my wife, you know, we went to the store before we left, and it was like, you, know, you need to buy the most severe DEET, you know, level. Well, you got to DEET it up. you got to DEET it yeah. up. And especially with, you know, if you're, you know, obviously the risks with, you know, pregnant, pregnant women and, you know, potential fathers can carry the 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 virus and so for for guys like us for dads who may or may not be having more kids but are certainly in that in that realm of of children uh, childbearing age if you will um you know my wife was just like you know you need to you need to go buy this uh mosquito repellent and it needs to have 15 percent beat or whatever you know um and uh so it's definitely something that the wives are talking about and this is Mosquito-borne illnesses, the first thing I think of is West Nile. And, you know, that, that seems to have had its run and all the, uh, all the bug sprays are, are West Nile certified, preventative, whatever. The, the, the symptoms, the, the ramifications of Zika are West Nile on steroids to a, to a completely different level in that, like Joe said, it yeah. has been proven to, to, to put childbearing age people at, at the risk that it does. Right. You know, so I mean, it's something that if you own a home or you uh, have outdoor space, make sure you know you tip things over, you get the water out of it. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of toys. I had a lot of kids' toys outside that I didn't think about that I needed to to take care of and to to tip over. I mean, just a little bit of water, a little campful, you can have a couple hundred or a thousand, depending on how big it is. They love tires. Apparently, that's how it got in the states. Yeah. Was uh. A, mm tires were shipped over and back and forth and they um live in tires because it's hard to get all the water out of a, a tire right which makes sense yeah sure um yeah you just need to be a little cognizant of what's going on if you have something to spray if you're able to spray do that i mean we spray here because we have a ravine in the back so there's a lot of water stuff so we have something to come spray because i can't get it with just kind of over the shelf stuff um it still the, does have you tried the big mosquito fogger 
Uh, no, I haven't tried the fogger. I really want one of those ones that glows because I remember growing up having the little thing that zapped them, you know, set up on the front porch oh, yeah. for a little blue light of doom. Little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have one of those in our backyard. Endless hours of entertainment. Well, yeah, uh, constant I, sizzle. Part of me, though, is like if I hang it up on the porch, that's just where it's going to draw them, and that's where I'm going to sit because I don't have an electrical outlet anywhere you know, right. farther out. But then I think about when I was a kid, didn't have electrical outlets really far out either, so it was right on the porch. You have a screened-in porch, and you just have it sitting right out there, just drawing them all in. Um, so it was, it was for entertainment. It wasn't like there was some kind of cord you could buy that <laughs> extend the reach. I know. Of electricity. Just, of electricity. Yeah. Hey, you're just. Someday. I was just ben happy Frank to have electricity. Yeah, really sold a short. Yeah. It was just happy to have electricity and do that. But so, yeah. you know, this is something that we as a as a country hadn't really thought about too much. It was always somewhere else. It was their issue. Yeah, we had, you know. And you, uh, you seem more up on this than I am, but it seemed, did I read correctly, that Florida has declared a state of emergency as it comes to Zika. Yeah. Which brings in additional funds for them to do some anti-mosquito activities. But the federal government has not acted yet on... There's Zika bill. That is correct. correct. Yes, yeah, yeah. there's a stalled in the Senate. It's yeah, it's got the uh, official congressional bill has been stalled. But I just was reading stuff today that the House has like 300 or not the House, the um, White House has you know like 315 million dollars of CDC funds that they can disperse mm-hmm. if they need to. Right. So so that money I think has to be. Uh, it's crazy, but there's some politics involved in it all. So you know. Yeah, and. You know, they, they obviously, there was significant appropriation for Ebola um, in the event that right. Ebola came here, and there's some funding left over from that, and there's some discussion about repurposing that fund, but it's it's very political, um, and, you know, obviously... And my guess is that would take congressional action to do. I believe that that is the case, yeah. Yeah, so, so something's going to have to, I mean, something's going to have to happen, but you're right, they, they did declare a state of emergency. It was weird, it was kind of like... For a ten mile radius, it was like a very, very small zone. But I learned on the radio that a mosquito in its lifetime only travels 175 yards. Really? That's all they yeah. fly. I mean, I can only imagine they have a lifespan of days, right? Uh, 50 days for a female and something like 15 days for a male. Okay. I could be making that second one up, but it yeah. definitely uh, the female was longer. But they still didn't travel that far. They stay within a zone, and you know, um, and do what they got to do to survive, and that's it. Yeah. And then they die. So, so you know, with Zika, very interesting to, to look at that. So uh, we have time for, you know, one more story we can talk about. Um, we want to talk about, yeah. Uh, well, got this the article was, in front of you, so you can Yeah, no, it. so this was, this was one that was in the Washington Post probably about a month ago. Um, and really it was, uh, so the story was, basically describing um, how to protect yourself from an active shooter. And this is something actually hopefully in, in, in the, you know, as we work out episodes in the uh, moving forward, this is something we can talk about in a little greater detail because this is something that, that I am actively involved in through my work activities. Uh, but it included a, a pretty good graphic. Um, and so, you know, what it, what, the, what it was trying to do, and this came in the wake of the uh, shooting, I believe, in Orlando, um, was to provide some tips for, you know, whether you're in a nightclub, a movie theater, or a workplace, you know, some very basic things that you can do to protect yourself from an active shooter threat. 
Um, and you know there are three basic things that that are recommended in in no particular order. They are run, hide, and fight back. And what the Washington Post did was put up an online graphic that really um, walks you through these steps and provides some other details. You know things like blocking doors, turning off lights, you know muting the ring of your cell phone. Um, the funny thing, if you can find a funny thing in Run, Hide, Fight, and the fact that we even need to do this anymore, is that the gunman appears to be holding a uh, 17th century blunderbuss. <laughs> One of those big, you know, <laughs> Puritan-style, Pilgrim-style rifles. Um, but ignoring that, uh, it does have some pretty good information on ways you can protect yourself. So Wasn't I there that PSA, though, where they were talking about that's a whole different thing? That, that is a whole different thing, um, and that does get a little political, so we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> maybe save that for a future episode, presuming we get that I don't far. I know what I'm talking for about. The reel. For the blooper reel. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it was just a, it's a pretty good graphic. Yeah. Um, I definitely recommend, if, if you go to WashingtonPost.com and, and you search Oh. Uh, run hide fight you will and we'll put this in the show notes yeah. too but i do think it's graphic. it's it's an interesting comment on the world we live in now uh that when i'm getting ready to do something with the family or by myself i think about recent stories of active shooters yeah like a movie just came out that some of us have talked about online or in person about trying to go see and I thought geez that's the kind of movie that maybe you don't want to go see on opening night because of the types of responses that certain people might have yeah. and want to walk in and do something about it and the fact that that's now part of my thought process uh, is not something I'm particularly fond of well, no. and the, I mean yeah it's it's sad that it's part of our it's part of what we think about now, but it's important to think about it. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. As much as we wish that we could have the lives that are that we grew up with, and you know that our parents grew up with, all those kind of things, it's not that it's not that kind of thing anymore. You have to you have to really think, you know, outside of just, I mean, what's going on in your little circle. You got to keep an eye on everything else. It's like when you're driving down the road, you need to know where the bailout points are. Now, when you go into a mall, you need to know how do I get out if I need to, or where can I go hide? Um, uh, first off, why the hell am I in a mall? But, <laughs> you know, those are the kind of concerns and, and things that you need how to How did be... I end up in Ann Taylor Law? <laughs> <laughs> Whose bag is this anyway? Well, yeah. Uh, so those are the kind of things you need to think about. So uh, that was an interesting article, and there's been a lot of those kind of things out there lately since the Orlando shooting and some right. of the stuff that's been going on in, in Germany and other places in France. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what... You know, what kind of things should you be aware of and keep an eye out for? So, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean and, and I think it is important to note that there have, there are countries that this has been part of the national psyche for decades before it even, it even got here. Right. And, oh, yeah, no and, question. And, and before so, the media helped, and by media, I mean like the news media, before right. they were carrying these stories and helping them almost grow, grow legs and, you know, create this repetitive cycle where somebody sees a story and now they think, well, I can do that too. Yeah. Right. The active shooter hasn't evolved in just this past year. It's been right. out there, you know, like Dan said, for decades. It hasn't been in the forefront of our psyche and because it, has it hasn't happened in the United States. But you Correct. look at like places like Israel. That's exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and or at the UK in certain parts of its history, not too long ago, right, uh, it right. might not have been active but, shooters. But there but have been active shooter incidents things. here 
20 years ago, I yes. remember stories in Pennsylvania of it happening, but yeah. it was well, a one-off story. It was I mean, and one the, e- one the problem is, is, and here's here's to date us a little bit. Sorry, Joe, but here's to date us a little bit. I mean, Columbine was 20 years mm-hmm. ago, 96, uh, 98, 98, 98. 98. Okay. 18, 18, 18 years, years ago, just shy of 20. So right. So, uh, and and in some respects, the first modern quote-unquote, active yes. shooter incident in the United States. And it Absolutely. Changed, changed everything about the way law enforcement and first responders look at these incidents. Um, also, the first incident that had national attention, yes. breaking news, live video coverage, and as we continue to see these incidents, not only are they on CNN, ABC, NBC, Fox, they're on Periscope and Facebook Live yeah. and so there's this there's this you know media confluence of these stories uh of you know just repetitive and it it's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy somebody seeing this and saying well I you know I can do this too or you know I'm having a crappy day let mm-hmm. me go do what this guy did um and you know make a name for myself and so um, what we're seeing is a lot of these stories are just feeding off one another. I think yeah. there's that. I think there's also overall. I think you're seeing budgets for a number of things getting squeezed, including mental health and insurance. Yeah. There's a whole political conversation we don't need to get into right now. But I think you're also seeing a lot of people that could be getting help for a number of disorders or or conditions that maybe aren't. And that that is combined with those other factors that you were talking about, Joe, uh, make it an issue as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, and when you mentioned you know, you know, tightening budgets, uh, let's let's take a step back from our news because uh, you know we actually want to have some sort of theme for a discussion other than just random news. But the that's kind of the sad part is right now there is so much news that's out there that's interesting to talk about and just talking about the news and not just reading it and saying, Oh man, you know, it's going to happen to someone else. It's not going to happen to me. Yeah. You know, taking that in and, and thinking about looking at the graphics that are being done, looking at what's going on and just changing perception is important, but getting to uh, kind of what our general theme for the next 15 or so minutes is going to be about how you can prepare. So when we talk about preparedness at a personal level, I'm talking, you know, right now, like, what do you do at your home? There are many different levels that you can do of preparedness. There can be, how do I prepare, you know, my office, uh, because that's where you spend a lot of your time. Um, you know, what kind of plans do you have that way? But, you know, your, your home is where you're going to be spending a majority of your off time. And, you know, for some reason, bad stuff just seems to happen at night or the weekends. It doesn't normally happen during the work day for you. It's always, <laughs> it's always sometime when you may be home and when you're not, you know, just having to worry about yourself. You have to worry about everyone else that's around you. Um, so, you know, to, to academic it up a little bit, uh, there's a study that was out there that was just talking about how ill-prepared people are in their homes. We're so used to seeing the Katrinas and the Ritas and pretty much anything that happened after after Hurricane Katrina and the responses that um, FEMA came in and did and the Stafford Act responses that you're seeing in communities for tornadoes and all that something bad happens people generally assume that the government's going to come in and it's going to be okay irregardless of the fact that you know there's issues with all of that because 
you know, there may not be the funds available quickly, how it all works. There's a lot of paperwork. People don't like that to complain. But in the end, the stuff normally kind of works out for them. There's not a lot of budgets anymore that are going to be able to go that deep. And right. so you can't just rely on the federal government to come in. When they say you need to have, you know, 72 hours worth of stuff, you should probably have 72 hours worth of stuff, but maybe even more. Um, you know, check on your, you know, make sure your neighbors have 72 hours of stuff because if, if they don't, are you not going to help your neighbors? Those kind of things. So, I mean, from a, a personal preparedness level, let's start with first, and I'll, I'll totally admit it, my go bag I created probably about five or six years ago before I had kids. Um, and I have rated that thing for, you know, the, the camping meals and the water that was there and all the other supplies. Yeah. I have not restocked that. I have not kept the medications up to date in that. Uh, that's where my cash pile was. That's gone. I, I mean, so I don't have anything. I don't even have anything remotely responsible for, you know, someone that has, you know, two little kids. I did get a chainsaw, though, so that I could cut down hey, trees. Bonus. Mainly go. because uh, there was so something was that came through a couple of years ago, and we were stuck in our neighborhood because a tree blocked the road. And looking at how many trees were down there and where we're located, I knew it was going to be a few days before anyone of some sort of government-y Response could come Anybody and take care of that. Pickup truck with a light on the top of it was going to come by. Yeah. Right. So I mean, so so my response was, I'm going to get myself a chainsaw. You know, the other stuff I got it. I really need to do. That's as important as a chainsaw. But so so I don't have anything. How about you guys? Well, Where the, you? the the key there with everything you just described is having stuff that is specific to your needs and your situation. Right. If you live in a 20 story condo building. Maybe having a chainsaw is awesome, <laughs> but it's probably not the most applicable thing to your situation as it relates to emergency preparedness, right? So you want to take those things. Think about like if you had to, if you had to prioritize a list, pick the five or ten things that would be the most important to you in any type, in any type of emergency, right? The power goes out. You're stuck in your home for a number of days because the, the tree is down or there's flooding. You know, think about those things that are most likely to happen in your area and think about those things that you would need if those things, if those bad things happen and prioritize that. Now, if you have kids, that adds a huge other layer to it that, you know, as a single guy before I had kids a couple of years ago, um, would have not been a big deal. But do I want to make sure I have enough diapers to get through, you know, three yeah. or four days? Absolutely. Like that's, you know, that's, 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 Definitely in the top five, and it wouldn't yeah. have been um, five years ago. So it's always like reassessing what those priorities are going to be um, and making uh, adjusting your plan accordingly. Yeah, diapers, goldfish, <laughs> cartoons on the DVR. You know, the list well, the DVR presumes the DVR you have power, but <laughs> well, uh, so I actually I did buy one of those portable uh, iPhone charger things. Yeah, it can it can do like five or six uh, iPhone chargers, and it's supposed to hold a charge for yep. seven eight months. Oh, nice! I mean, so because when that we lost power, we were just starting the car and charging things up to the car because that was our only connection yep. to the real world was yeah. was a phone because we had no power for seven right. days. So I think I think that there's there's two issues at play here. The first is um, what do you have in your house to be prepared? And the second issue is what do you know how to use among those items, right? Because like with anything else in the world today or especially in this country today, if it becomes a hot topic and preparedness is a very hot topic, there are people that will sell you 
everything that they say you need in order to be prepared. Just because, and I think back to the idea of like when we were at our firehouse, just because you have something on your rig, if you don't know how to use it, you don't really have it, right? Right. Right. It's useless. It's not, it's not there on the scene until you know how to deploy it and use it correctly. So, um, you know, that, the idea of preparedness is something that I've thought about a lot. So, like, when I buy things for us to have in our kits or in our cars to be prepared, um, just buying one and having it still in the wrapper doesn't necessarily mean that you have it. Like, when um, uh, uh, cat tourniquets, the combat tourniquets oh, yeah, became yeah. The, the in thing to have in your go bag a couple of years ago, you know, when I, I got a couple, but I didn't buy one, I bought a couple so I could take one out and mess with it and mess with it and mess with it. Because in my view, I didn't have it until I knew how to use it. Right. And so I think... What is that? Certified, not qualified? Right. Yeah. And right. so, you know, it's... And, and Eric, we fall into the same thing where I try and make sure we always have at least two, you know, cases of bottled water in the garage or in the basement at all times. I'll tell you right now that, you know... Besides you're walking out the door, you're pushing the stroller out the door. What's the first thing you do? Oh, cut one of those things open and grab a couple bottles because it's hot out and we're going out the door. Um, or the diaper bags in the front hall. You know, I looked at the diaper bag like I, we used to look at our trauma bag or our jump bag on the ambulance or on the fire. You know, it's like, it should be stocked. It should be ready to go. That's not what we use. (laughs) Yeah, right. That lasted like one week with kid (laughs) one. Kid two now, we don't even use diaper bags anymore. It's like throw some crap into the the purse. Or into the, yeah. the cargo short pocket and you're ready to well, go. Well, and, and oh. that's, it's funny you say that because that's sort of like the whole thing about being prepared and having a kit. Yeah. Right? No, I don't have time to put the diaper bag together. Right. Let alone no. getting together the emergency preparedness supplies yeah. I would need if the power yeah, yeah. went out. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, we right. went out to eat a couple nights ago and didn't take a diaper bag. And what does my kid do in the middle of dinner? He poops his pants because that's what kids do. Right. Yeah. Right? So here we are. We're not prepared. Didn't have a plan. And now we're stuck with the consequences, which is and I know how, well. Like, not only were we stuck with the consequences, the table next to us was also stuck with the consequences. And, <laughs> and here's the funny thing: we all know how like how clean you like to keep your car. Oh. <laughs> you have no idea. Exactly. So, I also think that um, you can have a lot of things in your house that can be used in case of emergency uh, that don't have to necessarily be sequestered off in a box or a frame you know an LL bean frame pack that's your bug out bag or whatever that just if you know how to use these things you'll have them you know do you have duct tape do you have tarps do you have tools uh that are relevant to your living situation well, like and Joe easy accessible right. easily accessible and and we may be even going a bit further with the the duct tape the tourniquets the the tarps and everything but even on a simple standard of you know, everybody has a Costco or a Sam's or mm-hmm. you know, even Target. You, for a, a parents of two, one or two, or multiple kids, you have buy cases of yep. diapers when they're on sale. Mm-hmm. They're always stocked. I mean, that's. I don't look at it as emergency emergency preparedness. It's just it's I'm just saving myself three trips to Target <laughs> to get diapers and wipes. You know, I know right. we have stuff down there. Um, you know, for power goes out, the the phones, mm-hmm. the the cable, whatever. That's that's a low priority on my list, and that's my list because right. my kids have giant bookshelves that are loaded. 
you know, sure. and they love to play with flashlights. So as long as I yep. have their batteries and their flashlights uh-huh. set, uh, again, there, there's a preparedness check that, that I can knock off. Question, yeah. question for you guys. How many of you guys have generators? No, not no. here. I uh, did, I did look into it. They're pretty expensive. I have one and this goes oh. to, is it a whole house generator? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> If I knew how to use it correctly, going back to my own earlier point, <laughs> if I knew how to use it correctly. It's put it in your living um, room and start it up, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Put it I right don't out. think we should put that advice into the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. We'll edit that out. We'll edit so, that out. The asterisk yes, is no side. Keep that outside. Right, going back to the point that several of us have made, I have every intention of getting it squared away by wintertime, but essentially it's big enough that. Says the man that just bought a snowblower in summer. Yes. Hey, best time to buy it. Free agent acquisition. Preparedness is preparedness. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. You can't um, for that. Yeah, when the neighbor moves, the neighbor moves. You grab that thing when you can, man. <laughs> uh, but um, it would be enough to keep, uh, to make hot things hot, meaning stove, water, uh, and keep cold things cold. And that's about it. Um, it's not that big. Um, it's gas powered, so I, it would be, uh, you know. It, it would take some effort, like every couple of hours, I'd have to go out yeah. around the clock and force, you know. But again, for 48, it. 72 hours, it'll get you by on correct right. necessities. For Absolutely. It. And, um, but if the power were to go out tonight, it would, it is not ready to go. Yeah. I could probably make something work for some of those systems, but not every single one. Right not, away. not what it's meant to do. Not what it's, meant or capable of doing um so you know take that with a well i, I think that you know the two the, the big thing you hit on there was was, was food right you, you want to keep the yep. cold things cold and the hot things hot food um and you know even if it's you know, some extra canned goods if you're running to target you're running to yep. costco buy an extra case an extra can whatever and if you do that over a period of time, mm-hmm. eventually you have a decent stock. We're not saying go out right now and drop 200 bucks on, you know, the, the number 10 cans of ravioli. But if you can go out and, you know, buy some of your kids' favorite things, buy an extra can when you buy that, eventually you have a pretty decent cash of yes. stuff. And if you put it in a place, you know, my, my thing always was, you know, I'm going to put it in the basement or I'm going to put it in a bag I don't go into because if it's in a place I see every day, if I put all that stuff in the pantry, correct, oh, it's gone. I, it's gone. I'm going to eat it. You're going to rate it. Like yeah, I'm going to rate it like I rate everything else. <laughs> so it goes into the basement. It goes into the giant plastic tubs, mm-hmm. um, and and you you piecemeal it to the point that um, you can afford it. Because the other thing is, there's you know, if you're on a tight budget, if you aren't you know rolling in dough and can't drop money on the the the, the next you know the swag bag and all this other crap. Um, you know, you piecemeal it to the point that is affordable for you. Um, and I think, you know, sitting around this table, I'm looking at four dads on budgets. So, yep. um, definitely there's something to keep in mind. And, yeah. and anything that you do will be beneficial to you because budgets, your community doesn't have the same budget that it used to. I mean, so they're not going to be able to help you out as quickly. They may not be able to get to you at all, depending on where you are. You know, you just can't rely on. Your, your city government, your you know county government, or the federal government to get in there right away. The more you can do for yourself, the better. What you're, Joe? You look like you have something to say. No, I was gonna. I was gonna. We'll edit this out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe we will. Maybe you we can won't. keep that thought for episode yeah. three. Yeah. 
We'll save it so we'll have everyone forget our, about our episode, episode titled two. "End of Days" when yeah. the government's not here yeah, to help, uh, <laughs> right? And I think also, I mean, a lot of this also, what we're trying to get at here is that there's there's common sense. You know, you can go if if you want to pack up the family and go build your own house and live off the grid and do all that. You know, that's fine. Go do what you got to do. But if you're just a regular suburban liver like we all are there are some common sense things that you can do some of which we've outlined here and you know i think that um a lot of that can be found in a variety of places um government I mean, websites there's always ready.gov there's I mean, always ready.gov right but Red then, Cross has a bunch of stuff on their right. websites, and we'll link to all that. Put it on the website for you. Yeah, and and what I what I generally do synergy. What I what I generally do for myself when I um, read that kind of stuff is read through and and apply it to our house. So, for example, our first aid kit I did not buy off the shelf. I thought about what do we have in our house? How many people do we have in our house? What kind of issues do we need? You know, you know, we live, we all live in suburbs. I'm probably true or false. You did raid the fire station for your EMS kit, your first aid kit. I received permission from an officer <laughs> who happens to be sitting at this table oh, for geez. expired first aid equipment. I believe that's my first aid truck, if I remember right. I think but that's I right. I might not have yeah. been but anyway. But I thought about what do we have in our house, you know, uh, under normal situations, meaning it's not the end of days. It's not going to take very long for either EMS to get here or us to get someone to definitive care. So how does that, you know, that impacts what you need. You know, we don't have a surgical suite in our basement. You know, do we have, a you know, a good number of quick clots and plenty of bandages and things like that yeah we've got a few of, of all of those things we also have again because of kids we always make you know we always make sure we have at least two boxes of animated character band-aids in our house at all yeah, times absolutely because god help you if you run out of those no the band-aids thing i don't understand it just oh my use God, a the sun goes behind a cloud right. and we need yeah, to put a band-aid on something for everything. yeah we my, my son we he was climbing a fence this afternoon, and we took him down, and his entire hand was covered in splinters. And so for the next 30 minutes, it was sheer torture, not just for him, but for us, because he was crying and screaming as we were pulling these freaking huge splinters out of his hand. And, of course, he got some Dalmatian Band-Aids all over his hand. Yeah. So that, you know, and because... He cried a lot. We gave him some, you know, we gave him a couple M and M's too. They just sort of say here, the tiny you know, little ones. We've, yeah, you know the, the choking hazards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, naturally. <laughs> we buy those in gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, to recognize his pain and suffering, um, reward him. But now the bandage, the bandage are key. Yeah, they go to everything. Um, well, here's something that I just thought of. What's one thing that you have in your house or in your kit that you think is extremely useful or maybe even indispensable just to have lying around. I mean, we, we were kind of joking about it earlier, but duct tape. I mean, you can use that with to, to fix up windows if something happens, um, you know, patch up patch up something on the car, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it's got that utility. 
you can use it to to fix up you know if something's like really serious you got someone that's got something through their leg and you don't have anything but it's shirt and duct tape around that i mean so i mean i love macgyver doesn't really hold up when you watch the episodes now because he uses a telephone <laughs> for every fix because of the magnets. But I mean, duct tape is uh, duct tape is one of my things. Yeah, yeah. I've got a I've got a Leatherman that's pretty indispensable, yeah. right? I mean, between the the pliers, the screwdriver, the 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 knife, uh, the the bottle opener, uh, the corkscrew. Um, oh, things parents need. Right? I mean, it's <laughs> it's got everything I need for both wine emergencies and actual emergencies. Yeah, so. yeah I think I mentioned it earlier, but um, for me, it is um, the big, like, 8x8 eight eight pl- heavy-duty plastic tarp that has the metal gussets in it yeah. so you can tie it down to things. I've used that to um, cover stuff when snow or bad weather was coming in. Uh, I've used that to help patch up the side of a neighbor's house when some of their siding flew off um you can just also just use it when you need to haul old paint cans or whatever in your car to the dump you know i keep one in my car i keep two in my garage um it is the one of those items that has a million uses if you just think about using it um everything from just you got to put your wet kids on something in a car to uh, water's I try to use a towel, much less a tarp for my children. But I do see <laughs> the point. It is beneficial. I'm just saying, don't knock it till you try it, Eric. That's true. I can wrap my kid up and send him to Abu Dhabi. Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have to go with the indispensable tool, and and I'll be the one dating myself. Is that I still have beer a, doesn't uh, count, Rob. But go ahead. Battery operated radio. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. So I, yeah. No, I think that's that's now yeah. now on the spot. Do I have the six? C or D batteries to <laughs> right. power that. I don't know, but right. given that item, that's what I'm pulling out of my they office. Al- and, and they also and have relatively inexpensively now the hand crank radios, which yeah. sounds even more dated than. But we, we do have one of those, and it's it's solar and a hand crank. Mm-hmm. But you would have to crank that for about three hours during the storm before you're going to get a solid yep. yeah. five minutes. Right. So. Yeah, the, but hey, I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I was about to say, you've got free Hand labor. Hand it over yeah. to them, yeah. Right? It's, it's a, a game. <laughs> you have tax-deductible labor <laughs> exactly. in your house. Well, and, and I went with Leatherman only because it's you know sort of indispensable. Uh, but there there's two things I have in my house that, that we didn't talk about. And one of them is, is the battery-powered radio. It's a doubles as a weather radio, which is perfect. It's in our bedroom. If you know tornado warning goes up in the middle of the night, you know, I'm going to know about it, which mm-hmm. is pretty pretty cool. And to, to be frank, I only turn it on when there's severe weather. Otherwise, yeah. it's off. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to wake my wife up in the middle of the night. I, I've learned too many times that that's a bad idea. <laughs> but um, the other thing is, we actually went out and we bought some little uh, little Motorola talk about radios. Yep. Oh, which that's smart. yeah, so they're great for just like every day. If you go to the zoo and you split up or whatever. Um, you can use them if you, you know, just out and about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in emergencies too, if for whatever reason the cell towers drop, if the power's out, if your cell phone is dead, it gives you some extended communication with your spouse, your significant yep. other, or whatever um, that you wouldn't otherwise have. So along those lines, uh, I've been trying to, and I just have never bought it. The Gotanas, Gotanas, it is a Bluetooth thing for your Android or your iPhone that allows you to communicate with someone else that has it 
So it's the same thing as kind of the Motorola's. It's okay. just it's an app that's built into your phone, and so if networks goes down, you're able to text each other and provide each other with coordinates. So it was made for people like out in the hinterlands, like yeah. you're going hiking or whatever. Right. But so there are there are some technological pieces yeah. that can take advantage of the devices that you carry with you as well. Well, we'll have to do an episode on apps and other yeah, other yeah, gadgets are, yeah. that are out yeah. there. I I have another one just to go back even more basic that I know we all have because of our of how we all met, but um a good pair of boots. Yeah. yeah. Is that probably about as indispensable as you can get. I still have my station boots, I'm sure you guys all do too. Still have the the leather steel toe boots. Yep. Yeah, of course. And um, you know, we had a pipe burst under the deck during a huge rainstorm. Um and yeah, you know, you put on your the clothes you don't care about, but you want to have a good pair of boots on um that you can go out and, and just deal go with do stuff some on. stuff. Uh so I would put that on the list too. Uh, well, uh, you know, we're coming actually a little bit farther along than we wanted to, but I hope everyone was a little entertained by what we had to say and took a little nugget of something away with them, whether it's, you know, if you're on your phone playing Pokemon Go or some sort of other game, pay attention where you are because while it's fun and fun and entertaining at that moment, when you walk off the cliff or when someone pickpockets you, that's not going to be happy. So just know what's going on around you. Uh, Zika, it's it's here and it's something that we need to not ignore uh so go back in your backyard your front yard your neighbor's yard kind of just take care of any standing water and just be aware of what you have going on there uh run fight hide hide fight run hide fight run hide fight you know you would not do well no <laughs> as i got the order in there somewhere that's um, all right the order doesn't really matter it's just knowing what to do yeah so pay attention and you know something that we have to start thinking about now and then just preparedness all of this goes to preparedness you know you're watching out for yourself you're watching out for your family watch out for your neighbors um you know keep keep stuff around the house while it may seem kind of like a pain it's an important thing to do uh do it little by little so that when you know that day and that moment happens you're going to be good to go um so you know something that's going on there so uh, I would like to thank everyone. I'd like to thank the dads for joining me tonight and uh, breaking the seal on this inaugural podcast. I'm really hoping that it tapes, so we're going to check on that. If you're listening to this, we're we're good to go. And if not, um, we'll have a redo later. Uh, but I also want to thank um, our spouses for letting us do this uh, because I don't ever really think they thought we were going to make this happen. So I'm always happy to try to prove somebody wrong and get some entertainment value Especially out of it. Especially when it's our wives. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that just to make sure that Dan, then, we're blaming Dan. Yeah. The views do not represent the entire panel. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, our sponsor for this podcast is uh, myself and my education at Georgetown. So I would like to thank all my professors and all the students at the Georgetown School of Continuing Studies and the master's program for emergency and disaster management. If something you're interested in, hey, they're expanding the program. They're doing a full online one. They're doing the executive program like I did. And then they're also doing an in-person one. So uh, it's an it's a field that's starting to grow. There's going to be more people actually like quote unquote classically trained in emergency management. So if something you're interested in, check that out. But um, thanks for listening to us, and uh, we will be uh, putting probably another one of these out in about two weeks or so. That's going to be our goal. About every two weeks or so to put a podcast out. Um, if not, follow us on Twitter at Disaster Dads, and we'll tell you why we didn't do one that week. Visit us at DisasterDads.com to see the different news. We're going to have our show notes, uh, the different articles we were talking about. 
And then any questions that you have for us, just email us at teamdads at disasterdads.com. Thanks for listening. We're the Disaster Dads, and we panic so you don't have to. Bye. <laughs>